to talk about today. First, I'm going to tell you that I'm just going to look and see. When I woke up this morning, it was 23 degrees here and it had snowed about four to six inches last night. Now it's 22 degrees and the wind is gusting. It is really cold here. And it made me think about something. I went and looked, Googled Ukraine, and I wanted to know what their temperature was. And I saw that it was evening there and that their temperature was similar to our temperature here. And I thought, God, with everything that's going on there, that there's also a temperature issue. You know, that there's a, you know, weather is a consideration and it's cold and it's frightening. And it made me just think of, our responsibility to humankind and life around us, all life around us, and wondering if we are astute enough to really step into the shoes that we need to step into to be taking on and being willing to take on the responsibility that we have towards other human beings and towards this planet. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, there are really only two ways that we can sort of support and shift the narrative and the reality around us. I mean, there are many little things, but two sort of con conceptual ways. One is that um, we need to be activists in our life. And so for many years, many people thought, particularly around traditions such as Buddhism, that you wouldn't be an activist, you were a pacifist, and that you would be very sweet and removed and you would pray for everyone, but you wouldn't actually get in the middle of things. And that, of course, is not at all what most contemporary Buddhist teachers teach. They teach about the responsibility of activism as a spiritual being. And how is it that we can activate ourselves and our community and the global citizenship towards taking care of one another? And so I tried to sort of delineate it in my mind just to sort of get my arms around it. Um, and I think there are really two sort of threads. The first is that we should get involved. We do here with our Sangha, we're participating. We're participating in Ukraine. We're participating in Afghanistan. We're participating in many parts of the world where issues are very current and topical and they're needed to have attention given to them. And I know many of you are also participating in many different ways. Um, I don't know if... Um, Britt Marie is on today, but she had shared with us a really beautiful way she was supporting Ukraine with um, Airbnb. And I didn't really follow into that, but it was a way of supporting business people there just to keep a money flow, cash flow. But there are ways that we can support using our resources to support those on the front line for healing and for whatever is needed. And it's not always just financial support. That of course is needed, but there are many other ways that we can support. I know people are, are packing up kits and things that are going to Ukraine to, that are being shipped by different, um, different nonprofits that are putting together care packages and whatnot. Um, and the other way that we can be responsible is in using our energetic powers. So like the power of our prayer and healing group. So for instance, our healing group that meets um, just in cyberspace on Fridays from 8.30 to 8.41 for those 11 minutes um, on Friday mornings, that's a really great place to join in because the more of us that are sitting in that, with that attitude in that 11 minutes, wherever we are, we're connecting with one another and what we're throwing out and throwing back into the universe is a collective consciousness of love and compassion and healing and prayers vis-a-vis -vis one of us. So if you can 
sit wherever you are at 8.30 on Friday mornings for 11 minutes. And if you have an opportunity, light a lamp. That's fabulous. If you don't, just you can sit in your car, you can sit in your kitchen, you can sit on your yoga mat, wherever you are. But collecting, consciously collecting ourselves together to send out prayers is really impactful and important. Um, and the other is our new practice of our daily mantra, the um, Om Mani Padme Om. For those of you who have taken that up as a 40-day practice, um, that is sending those vibrations back into the universe. And we're going to do that, of course, every Saturday morning ourselves together. Um, but it's something that you can also be doing. So these are ways that we can feel as though we're a participant in the solution or in the healing of what's happening on this planet in a humanitarian way. The second is through activism in our politics and policy change. Um, I've just really been exposed to this a little bit lately and have come to understand more. I mean, so many higher level situations cannot be solved individually. They have to be solved through policy change, through government laws. We have to take a look at what we're willing to support and not support. And that means we have to start getting more involved in understanding which candidates are supporting the things that we think are really valuable in the way that we're structuring our system, how we care for people, how we send money places, all different ways that the government sets up our relationship with the rest of the world. And who elects our government? We do. So I think you know it's easy for us to just sometimes say, well, I'm just one person, but we're not just one person, we're a collective. And it's important for us to be activists in our spiritual journey. So this not only is helpful to the outside world, but it also helps us. In this time with so much going on around us, I think many of us feel a little bit ungrounded and like, what can I really do? Or maybe I just, it amplifies or it can amplify our own situations. We feel a little bit just low about life in general. And the way that we walk ourselves out of that is for us to start feeling empowered by how we participate in the healing of the universe. We get outside of ourselves and we start looking at what is our relationship to healing as a more um, global attitude rather than just ourselves. And then we can start living with what's going on with us in a little different um, perspective. So as human beings, we are conscious and we come with a consciousness. And if we're not using that consciousness, can we call ourselves conscious? Can we really say I'm a conscious human being, but I don't really want to be aware or involved or, you know, participate in everything else. I'm just in my little bubble. Is that conscious? I don't know. I wonder. I mean, it's a question. Just because we can be, are we actually activating that in ourselves? As human beings, we need to look at our spiritual selves, and it's incumbent upon our spiritual being to participate in the process and the responsibility of living. We have to participate in the process and the responsibility of living. Staying inactive, quiet, withdrawn actually takes our experience of what's happening in our life life and magnifies that. So if we're having a difficulty in our life, we feel even more drowned. But if we get out into the world and we start to see how it is that we are supporting the spiritual journey of this planet, we start to feel different. So it's a really healthy way for us to be involved. 
we want to be conscious. Awareness and consciousness is our gift. That's what separates us from the rest of what is life on this planet is that we have consciousness where we're able to actually affect change. We take responsibility, we can, we can affect change. So today, let's use our mantra chanting time to fully open our hearts into the world for those who are in need. And some of those may be women on our call today. It's not that the only ones in need are across the world from us. No, they're our next door neighbor. They might be ourselves, but we open our heart to that and it floods where it needs to go. Love is like water. It'll find the course it needs to go. You don't have to direct it. You just have to release it. So let's take our time and our mantra chanting today to imagine that that chant is being put into the world in a vibration with an intention behind it for love and healing and companionship for those on this planet who need it and let it be absorbed by them. Let it go to those who need it. And that's one of the ways we can participate. Today, I wanted to briefly talk about, you know, we talk about caring about human beings and the living of the beingness on this planet, but there's also the voiceless life around us, the environment. And I don't want, there's so much to talk about the environment. I don't wanna go on about it too much, except to say that you all know, I think most of you know that one of the current mission of my teacher Sadhguru is to save the soil. And he was just on the daily show with um, this past week with Trevor Noah. And I was trying to get my arms around like, what's he doing? He's going on this hundred day, motorcycle trip across Europe on his way to India. And he's stopping and meeting in different countries with different people. And I'm like, but what's he doing? Like, I see where he's going, but what's he doing? And so I started really listening to all of the, and reading all of the material that's been provided to us about this trip of his and why it is that he's taking this trip. And I just wanted to share that with you because I was struck by the notion that if we can't affect immediate change, we can sometimes feel paralyzed about being effective at all. So we just give up. But the way that Sadhguru is looking at this is that we need to raise awareness of the problem of soil, which is that we have a degradation of our soil across the planet. And it's showing up with many climate um, consequences and nutritional consequences. Uh, today, you, you have to eat like, you know, eight apples to get the same amount of nutrient as you would have 50 years ago in one. I mean, we just can't even eat the bulk of what we need because we're growing food in soil that doesn't have enough organic material. Apparently, we need between minimum three to 6% organic material in our soil to make it fruitful for us. Um, so he's going around the countries that he can travel through in this 100 days and speaking to individuals and governments with the notion that if we start to talk about a problem and we start to get educated about it, we are this catalyst for policy change. Until we start getting annoyed about something and say, this is not okay. I mean, they're projecting that in 2050, if we don't do something about it, the soil now by 2050, we will not be able to grow enough food food that's edible and useful to our body to feed the planet. So that's a problem that we have to take care of now. And there are ways to do it, but it's a global problem. It's not a country problem. It's a citizen problem. 
We're citizens of this universe. We have to join together. So he's working on awareness. He's signing petitions with governments and agencies and groups across these different countries to get a voice of the planet around just around soil. It could be around global warming. It could be there's so many issues it could be. He's just taking on soil right now. Um, and so I think for us to just imagine that we can speak about this, I'm going to share some on our um, weekly email. I'll set, share some links to some of the information, some of the data and some of the videos just to give you more background so that you can understand what the situation is and how you might want to voice it. And for us to be, I have been speaking with some friends who are involved in politics and I'm like, who are the people in politics who are already involved in this sort of thing and who should we be aware of and supporting and looking at um, as resources of information and ways to support them so that they can get this trend going of looking at this one piece of our environmental crisis. But we have to be activists in this. We can't just sit back and go hope somebody else does it. We have to be, this is part of our world and our consciousness in this world requires that we step up in whatever ways we can to be a part of this. Um, what else do I wanna tell you about this? I, there's so many details I could tell you, but um, the most important thing is to share the information and to press our elected officials to write policy, ensuring that we have legislation around agriculture, how we use our land, um, to have a 3% organic matter in our soil. Um, I have also something else that really interested me that when I was looking into this is there's a wonderful um, article written by the Columbia Climate School and they have 35 ways to your carbon footprint. And, it, and I'm gonna say that um, link as well in our email that tells us ways that we can in our just our lifestyle and many of these you are, all, I'm absolutely sure you're doing, but there are some that surprised me, ways that we can contribute, contributing to the well-being of our mother earth, the Pachamama that we walk on every day that supports us every day so that she can continue to support us in the ways that we need is important for us. Being spiritual means taking responsibility for life around us as well as for our own life that all things that are living are in our responsibility. It's not selective. We don't have just this group we'll watch over and this group we won't. It's, a bigger, it's bigger than that. And conscious living is a responsibility of ours to protect our mother earth. That's why we're here as spiritual beings to be in cohabitation with mother earth. Um, so we need to find this week, let's look at some of these links that I'm sharing to be finding ways to be part of the solution and let's pray and let's chant and let's add our voice into the mix of this healing that is so called for on the planet and on in the hearts and in the minds and bodies of so many on this planet at this time. 